All right, guys, back here on Southeastern 14 with Max Barr, and uh, we are recapping Saturday's action in SEC basketball. Before we do that, let's tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Um, NFL playoffs, of course, have gotten started. Some places warmer than others. Uh, NBA season in full swing, uh, and Bet Online, of course, has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores, uh, with the additional odds, lines, trends, and info. On the desktop, on the mobile, it's everywhere. You can access uh, the world's best wagering information at any time. So just head there today, betonline.ag, uh, to get in on the action, see all the updated odds. Remember, use that promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, uh, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, before we get into the action real quickly, Max, I'm just going to give everyone a little bit of a, a note here. <laughs> Yours truly has had some internet issues all morning, uh, we're a little late getting to this, and so if you see some some problems on the video, uh, we're just giving you a heads up on the start. But my goodness, Max Bar, we're going to get to this reaction video, no matter what it takes. Uh, even if we have to broadcast this um, through Morse code, we're going to recap these games on Saturday. So, you see Max got a smile on his face. We'll talk about why here in just a few minutes. Um, he's excited about one game in particular. He can't wait to get to this game. But first, we're going to talk about this first one. I mean, trust me, we all know which one it is, Max. Tennessee 85, Georgia 79. I always always give a hint about like the what goes on in the group chats. Yeah. Max and Chris. And you want to talk about a lot of interesting opinions on this game um, and how they changed very quickly <laughs> uh, in terms of how this thing played out. Because, man, you talk about a game where, uh, look, it it felt like, this was one where I was not liking Tennessee chances there. Like I just wasn't max. Like I was watching how this games playing out. I'm like, this is tough, man. I, I think Georgia's just got their number today, but you know what happened? I mean, it was just sort of Tennessee turning it up a notch. And the difference was what it's what we've said. The difference could be with Tennessee this season. That is having a guy like Dalton connect. And I mean, he goes for 36 here. Um, you know, we talked about kind of the turnovers and those kind of things. Ziegler didn't have his best game from a turnover standpoint. Still gave him 18 points, played 38 minutes, um, which was the highest for anybody on either team. But it's just like Dalton Connect, man. He is, you know, for everybody, you know, going into the season, it's like, how's this Tennessee team going to be different? Um, when you got, we got a guy that can do this and just kind of, you know, add up the points that he had. I don't, you may have the stat, but. When you just look at what he did in the final, I don't know, 10 minutes or so of that game, um, you know, I don't know how many points he scored during that stretch, you know, made some layups, made a lot of free throws towards the end. But, um, man, he just – he scored in bunches, and that's exactly what Tennessee needed, and that's something that Tennessee's really struggled to do in recent years. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Blake, in it, previous years, past two years, Tennessee doesn't win this game with the way that they, yeah. they came out. Uh, that's the difference in this team this year. Uh, you got to give credit to Georgia, though. This team is good. This team is is rock solid. Uh, I I love the three ball handlers. How they always have multiple ball handlers between Thomason, Justin Hill, and uh, Silas Demery. Um, you're almost always going to have two like true comfortable uh, ball handlers on the on the court, which is a huge plus. Um, and then Jabri Abdul Rahim is just I've been calling. Zion Pullen, Mr. Cool, Calm, and Collected. This guy is right up there, too. I mean, he's just so smooth. He just never rushed. Um, he's got a great shot fake. So, I mean, this team is, is dangerous offensively. I think you saw that, um, especially in this game. I mean, they were just – especially you – know, Demery was playing lights out. Um, that dunk was insane. 
Um, Mike White said this is the, the loudest he's ever heard Stegman since he's been there. So the, the crowd was – the atmosphere was great. The – there's there's some buzz around Georgia basketball for sure. I can and you can definitely feel it. Um, Jalen Deloach went down with a little bit of a hand injury. That's a little bit concerning. Um, status unknown uh, right now. He added some good offensive rebounds for them. Uh, Mike White said Ziegler just blew up our offense down the stretch. Just they, he said one. I think there was a sideline out of bounds. He just blew up the whole play himself. He denied denied the ball like three straight uh, times. So uh, yeah. I texted uh, I texted the group chat Blake. At halftime, I go, Ziegler, Ziegler had six turnovers at halftime. Guess how many he ended up with? Six. six. Yep. So, I mean, that's the that's the concern here, though, right, with, with Tennessee, is they have they still have not put together a full 40 minutes. It's, you know, been coming out a little bit slow out of the gates in the first half and having to claw your way back. Thanks to Dalton Connect, you do that. Do you know Dalton Connect's numbers on the road? Because they are absurd. Don Connect away from home so far. He's averaging 31.3 points per game, shooting 48% from three in the, in in their road games this year. I mean, you wanted you needed shoot you needed shooting an offense, and and that's what you got here with, with Connect. So I mean, if there was a way, I, I say this often, I feel like I keep saying this, but if there's a way for both teams to win, I mean, Georgia just looked phenomenal, except down the stretch there. Connect just, you know, sometimes good offense beats good defense. Um, next up for, for Georgia, Blake, two straight road games. It's tough. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I like both teams moving forward. What do you see? Yeah. I mean, Georgia's schedule, like you said, two straight road games at South Carolina at Kentucky. Um, Oof. but even, you know, you can go a little further, like they're, they're at Florida too, after that LSU home game. So yeah, I'm, I wonder if we look back on this one for Georgia and we're just like, that was kind of the win they needed to really boost their resume. Cause as we said, to this point. They just don't have a lot on there, even for a team that, you know, had won that many games in a row, was 12 and four and all that. So, yeah, not ideal probably for the Bulldogs, not being able to, to win this one. It felt like they had all the momentum. And, you know, you look elsewhere, you know, Jonas Adu, another you know, quality game here for him, 10 points, 15 rebounds, five blocks. Um, you know, he's just continued to, to get better. I think that's pretty clear. And so, yeah, uh, huge for Tennessee. I mean, momentum-wise, you think about, you know, mindset and everything if you lose your first two road games then you got to come back home and you know play florida at home alabama at home two teams that probably feeling pretty good about themselves after the weekend so um yeah so nice win for tennessee and you know, we'll see what happens with georgia i, I think there there's still ways to get there it's just that was a, a big opportunity so all right let's go to old miss and vanderbilt old miss 69 vanderbilt 56 uh, I would say for this game, like probably about what we expected, right? I mean, it, I, I don't think we really went into it thinking this was going to be a, you know, a masterpiece by any means in terms of just the, all that. Like, I think we expected this to be a bit of a grind probably for Ole Miss. They didn't think they put up 103 again like they did against Florida. Um, but again, I mean, it's just, I think Vanderbilt, it's just the limitations of, you know, it's just, you just don't feel like they they don't pack enough of a punch here to be able to win a game like this, especially when you're not hitting shots from outside, right? They went four of 18, uh, from yeah. three. Ole Miss hit 10 threes, two. And we said that's kind of, you know, one of those things for Ole Miss this season that's just been so different is they've been able to knock down threes consistently. Um, and so, 
yeah, uh, Morrell, 24 points here. Uh, Alan Flanagan had a double-double, 16 points. Or excuse me, not double-double. We had 16 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Sorry, I looked at the wrong column. Um, had a couple blocks. So, once again, Alan Flanagan just contributing everywhere. Um, and, yeah, I mean, man, this is, you know, this was kind of one that, again, I didn't think would be that pretty. But Ole Miss finds a way to to win another one. And uh, for Vanderbilt, I think it's just kind of the, the same thing where it's, I think to win a lot of games, you're going to need Lawrence and Mignon probably combining for more than 25 points, you know, and that's just kind of the nature of where things are, even though we've talked about Jason Rivera Torres. Yes, he stepped up and played well, uh, but it's just, it's a challenge uh, for them right now. Again, just going beyond a couple guys, you just, you need more of that to especially win games like this on the road in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, it's especially tough to win on the road in the SEC when your two three-point shooting leaders combine for zero threes. It just brutal between uh, Tassos and uh, Evan Taylor. Just they didn't they did not get the shooting performance they needed here. Uh, Chris Beard said that this was the Rebels' best defensive performance of the season. Uh, I'm pretty sure this was Vanderbilt's second lowest total all year. So um, it was you know one of the first times that Ole Miss really played team defense for a full 40 minutes. Um, Beard said that was his biggest takeaway of this game was, was just how well the, the defense played together. Um, my, my biggest takeaway was the, the guard rebounding for Ole Miss. Ole Miss, that's, you know, we've been harping on the, the rebounding, uh, almost every game now, you know, that's just kind of rinse and repeat here for Ole Miss, but Juju Murray, Matt Morrell and Alan Flanagan combining for 16 defensive rebounds. Uh, I mean, you know Vanderbilt isn't the best rebounding team, but to have the to have a guard defensive rebound, then it starts that quick break that Ole Miss likes to run and and get to spot up shooters. Uh, Matt Morrell nine of eighteen from three in the past two games. Uh, geez, um, I mean I don't know how much you can you can take away from from this game. It was it was a gritty, tough defensive performance from Ole Miss, and they got enough from their guys. You didn't really even need Jamin Brakefield to do that much, and he's been their go-to guy the past few games. So, yeah, I mean, you know, nice momentum at home for Ole Miss. It's going to be tough to beat them at the Tad Pad, and and they go two straight road games this week. So, uh, both teams, both both Ole Miss and Vandy, have a little bit of a tough schedule here coming up next week. So, be interesting to see how uh, Vandy bounces back. But what did you see here in this one? Yeah, I mean, I think it was again just kind of. I think Ole Miss is kind of what we think they are at this point. Like we yeah. see all the different guys that are contributing and right. It's even if a, you know, you don't need a Jamarian sharp to score. You just need him to rebound and block shots. And that's what he does. So um, yeah. And so it's just, I think that's, that's where we are right now with Ole Miss. And yeah, like you said, Bandy's got one of the tougher schedules of anybody coming up. Um, I mean, oh, truly it's, it's brutal. brutal. <laughs> they, they got Auburn at home. They're at Mississippi state. They're home against Tennessee. They're at Auburn. Home against Missouri, which, you know, is winnable based on how Missouri's playing. Then you got Kentucky. You go to South Carolina. Home against A&M. At Tennessee. Ooh, yeah. Well, you can make the gonna... argument they have the most brutal stretch coming up. Yeah, I think I so, definitely, with the way it sets up now. So, yeah. um, I mean, again, it, I think one win in there um, is it's still going to be a challenge, but it's – it seems like the most likely scenario right now. Um, more than that, you'd be thrilled probably. Yeah. Just based on the competition. So 
yeah, not ideal for the Commodores who are five and 11 now on the season. So, all right, we'll get to this one and hopefully they won't have any internet issues to mess this part up because this is the one that Max has been waiting for. Um, Again, I apologize. Max knows my frustration with this has been an hour long ordeal this morning with the internet, but (laughs) this next one, Texas A&M 97, Kentucky 92. This one goes to overtime. (laughs) Depending on who you ask, uh, they should, should not have gotten there. We'll let Max expand his thoughts on that. But I mean, look, Max, what can we say? We, we give you the floor here. Um, Chris and I, we, we pick Kentucky. You went with Texas A&M. I think one thing we did all agree on was that this felt like the trap for Kentucky going in, playing on Texas A&M, you know, lost two games in a row and, you know, yeah, like this was it, what a wild game, right? And I don't even know where you start because of how wild this game was. But, um, man, a huge win for AM. There's no other way to put it. Uh, Wade Taylor, what do you say, right? Like Wade Taylor stepping up, but it was the man who we kept saying to this point, it's like, hey, they got to have Tyrese Radford in the long term if they're going to be a team that can win these kind of games and be able to, you know, push for a, a top tier spot in the SEC. They've got to have Tyrese Radford. And these two guys combined to score 59 points in this one. Um, they combined for nine of their 11 assists. They rebounded well. Radford had nine rebounds in this game. Um, so these two just kind of took over. And in all honesty, like if you're going to win games like this and you feel like you got a chance to be successful going forward, like that's what you want to see. You want to see these two guys taking over the way they did. Um, and so tough spot for Kentucky, but give AM credit. They stepped up and won a game that almost took as long as a football game. Uh, it was, what, two and a half hours for this one. So your thoughts, Max, as the lone right person on this game. I want apologies from all of you. I was ready to get shredded on this reaction video. Shredded. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have all Big Blue Nation just crushing me. But, hey. What a game overall. Just what a game. I'll tell you what. I put my heart and soul into this game. When this thing ended, I felt like I played in this game. I was I was beat up. I was fatigued. I was on my hands and knees on my living room just gasping for air. This game was amazing. Even it doesn't matter what what side you were rooting for. This was the first game I picked against Kentucky all year. And I was and I was <laughs> Man, was I looking back on it before the game, and I was like, oh, God, this one's going to come back to kill me. But, hey, you never know in this in this league. Diving into the game, um, you know, I did not know Solo Washington was going to play. I, and yeah. he, and he, he was huge, huge for Texas A&M in this game. And I'd said, you know, this might be a game where, you know, Kentucky is going to miss a Duthiero and, you know, not only do you not get a do with the arrow, but Texas A&M gets solo Washington back. So it's like, oh, geez, you know, that's a major piece in this game that we, you know, kind of didn't know what was going on there coming into it. Um, Buzz Williams said after the game that uh, solo was the best player for, for Texas A&M, said he was our best defender the entire game. Uh, so that just, you know, that goes lengths to show his impact on the game. Um, Coach Cal said that down the stretch there, they took about, four or five freshman type of shots, uh, you know, like why did you shoot that type of type of shots where, you know, there just wasn't much ball movement. It was just, you know, one ball screen, you know, and you shoot. 
Um, so he he wasn't really happy with his ex- execution, at, you know, from a coaching standpoint down the down the stretch. But uh, I mean, it's a learning experience. You know, you got a young team and overtime game on the road against a desperate team. You know, <laughs> it's going to be tough to execute perfectly down the stretch. I thought Ugana Onyenso was incredible. I thought he was incredible. Um, I mean, what was it? Ten rebounds season high in minutes, season high in points, season high in rebounds. I mean, the guy just had an incredible performance with with Bradshaw getting into foul trouble. And then Trey Mitchell with a career high in offensive rebounds. Eight offensive rebounds, a career high. His previous high was only five. He had it like back pre-COVID. He hasn't had that many offensive rebounds in years. So, So Kentucky, I mean, they battled. You know, I'm not really taking much negative away from this game for Kentucky. I think you have to credit Texas A&M for an amazing performance. the only thing that I am worried about here, though, is this is now three straight games where the opposing guard tandem that Kentucky is playing has just absolutely gone off. And that's that's concerning. You know, the, the guard defense just has not been there. If there's any knock on this team, it's definitely their defense. Um, because now we've seen three straight SEC games and we've seen three straight guard duos kind of get whatever they want. Um but man, just just what a game! I had one one quick thing here that was just bothering the heck out of me. Blake was just bothering the heck out of me. Was I saw so many so many Kentucky fans saying, "If only we had those two points," you know, from the the goaltending. If only we had those two points, guys. Those foul calls down the stretch were making me pull my hair out, and I don't have much. I mean, oh my gosh, I was, I was flipping out. But I mean, geez, I just think I think this was game of the game of the year so far for the conference. I I can't get over it. I've already watched it back once. I thought it was incredible. What what are your takeaways? Because I, I was a little bit biased, you know, being the only one picking A and M. But I just thought it was an incredible game. No, it was a it was a great game. I mean, I. Like we said, I think going in, that was the thought was that this was going to be a good game. Like <laughs> that's the thing. Like it just even as bad as A and M had played, like you just knew that they were not going to play as poorly here. Um, it could have been anyone coming in there. Like in terms of, I just think you were going to get the bounce back game from Texas A and M, um, and that's where again, if you're an A and M fan, you got to feel better because your two best players, I, I still think that the two that probably have the tools to get them the furthest are the ones that stepped up and, and made the plays here to put them in that position. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but again, like even on the Kentucky side, right? It's Kentucky lost a game here, but if I come out of this that concerned with Kentucky, outside of the, a couple of the things you mentioned, um, you know, those, I don't think those are necessarily concerns yet. They are trends that, you know, you look at um, defensively and such. And so, but again, I, I still look at a Kentucky team that hits 15 threes. <laughs> it's just like, you know, most nights you're thinking, hey, Kentucky's hitting 15 threes. They're beating anybody. But it was not the case here. AM hits 12, which again, we should have known, right? That AM, as poorly as they'd shot the ball, the number was going to wind up evening out and they were going to hit more shots than you would think. Um, you know, and they hit 12 here, which again, remember we had brought up the stat, like they had shot. Three of 24, five of 28, and three of 19 in the previous three games. So you just knew that somehow this thing was going to go back to where they just hit more shots. And so that gave them the ability to, you know, keep this game where it was. I did think at that point where Kentucky took that seven point lead midway through the second, I'm like, this is it for AM. Like they, they either have to respond or this thing, like they're about to be 0 3, and Kentucky might run away with this. But 
again, give credit to the same guys who just stepped up and made plays. And so, yeah, I mean, again, I know Kentucky fans are um, probably frustrated. And anytime you give up, I think if you're Cal, anytime you give up 25 offensive rebounds, um, you're not going to be thrilled. But still, right? I mean, it's – I still don't change my opinion that much on Kentucky just because I think, to me, we said it going in, this was way more about Texas A&M and how they could play. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's one of those things that you've got to – you know, try to figure out moving forward and see what happens. So um, I feel better about both teams maybe coming out of it, although Kentucky fans may not be thrilled with the loss. But I don't think any team in the in the country could have gone into that arena yesterday and and pl- played as well as Kentucky did. I mean, some of those sh- – the shot-making ability of Kentucky is just – I don't think there's a better shot ma- – even Alabama, like they're right up there. Those two are just – Oh my gosh! You, down the stretch, when you need a basket, it's almost guaranteed you're getting a, at least a good shot at the rim. <laughs> Rob Dillingham with what three straight threes? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was it. I thought it was it. But yeah, I mean, look at look at the schedule too coming up here for Kentucky, Blake. I mean, you got you got two straight home games against Mississippi State and Georgia. Then you have two road games, but it's South Carolina and Arkansas. Like, I think this is going to be helpful in the long run for Kentucky a little bit of a learning experience here on the road against one of the most physical teams. Um, I, I still, I still really like Kentucky. I'm not down on them at all. Yeah. No, I'm not either. I, I think it's good to get kind of battle tested in two straight yeah. road games to start SEC play. And so they did one of them. They won one of them. They didn't, but you know, still, I think it, in the end, I think it will be beneficial to play these kind of games because you I know, agree. And Kentucky's used to this too. Like anytime they go on the road, you know, they're, they're the biggest game for that team. Like that's just, yep. you know, that's been the case over the years. And so big spot for AM. They delivered and pick up the victory, a much needed one for the Aggies. All right. South Carolina 71, Missouri 69, mm. another overtime game here. Uh, it was the Gamecocks finding a way to pick up the victory. <sighs> Missouri fans, I said it. This was the last stand for me. Um, if I was going to pick against you, I was going to try the reverse mojo. We tried to bring it back. It didn't work. Uh, South Carolina gets the win, and um, now I may just have to lean into my South Carolina making the NCAA tournament uh, pick here because the Gamecocks are 14-2. and two. This was one, again, that it felt like was kind of pivotal for them because if you lose it, you know, that's where you talk about, like, you need a resume to get into the tournament. You need a resume to get, you know, start getting wins. And this one's not going to one that's going to boost them, but we always say, especially now, like you don't want to lose games that are going to hurt you. And this would have hurt South Carolina had they have lost this game. Uh, but they find a way to get it done. And I mean, I think this is kind of the, the continued theme for me with South Carolina. They didn't shoot the ball well here, but again, that's not surprising on the road. Uh, we just kind of see, you know, we saw the Alabama game, those kind of things. They turned it over a bit, but they won the rebounding battle, which we thought they'd have a great chance to do against this Missouri team. Um, you know, the offensive rebounds, the extra opportunities that helped um but it I, I think it just goes back to the same thing it's like michi johnson if we'd have you know if you had to pick one guy going this game so who's going to lead him in scoring we'd probably all pick michi johnson but the fact is this is kind of proving the point that they just have other guys and you know miles duty has had some games recently he had the one game against alabama right where he didn't score right um so it's like okay he had an off night that really hurt but like in this game you know, he scores 10 points. He gets a couple of threes. That, that kind of counters the fact that Michi Johnson only took – I mean, he didn't take that many shots either, right? Two of six. 
Um, I had five turnovers, so scoring-wise, didn't do the most. But B.J. Mack can step up. Talon Cooper can step up. Um, you know, Jacoby Wright comes off the bench with 11. So it's just – I think you're seeing that – that's why I think it's easy to like the South Carolina team is they just have options. And when one guy doesn't have his best game, we've seen other guys step up. doesn't always work out. You can play in Alabama and get run out of the gym, but this was not going to be the same scenario against a Missouri team that just lacks the offensive punch, which we've said all season. They just don't have it like they did last year. Um, and once again, I'll say the same thing. It's, you know, sometimes bounces just don't go your way. Missouri had the bounces go their way and they made, you know, they put themselves in that opportunity position last year in all those close games. And they found a way to win all those close games, essentially this year, you know, it's just, it's, it's the opposite in some of these scenarios, right? It's the Jackson state game or it's this game. Um, you know, yeah, they've won what I guess really in a couple close games, I guess you could say at Minnesota at Pitt, but yeah, man, it's just, it's a challenge this year for the Tigers and a big win for the Gamecocks on the road. Man. Yeah. This is on one side, you have an absolutely massive win. And on the other side, you just have absolute heartbreak. You know, it's, it's the, the two sides of, of college basketball here. Um, Killer, killer for Missouri to force 16 turnovers, hold South Carolina under 30% from three, and, and you don't come away with the win. Uh, oh, just this. I feel like this one's really going to hurt. You know, they've been in the in the postgame press conferences. They've been having, you know, a great attitude, good positive attitude, especially Noah Carter, you know, after the Georgia game, after the Kentucky game. But, man, this one's going to hurt. Um, I mean, and how can it not? You're up by five with with 220 left with Michi Johnson not on the floor. And, man, you got to tip your cap to Talon Cooper, you know, like you said. Uh, but Lamont Paris was asked, you know, obviously Michi Johnson wasn't having his best game, but, you know, you didn't have him on the floor at all there down the stretch. And Lamont Paris said, yeah, we needed our most connected defensive group on the floor. That's what he was going for. Um, and, it, and it worked. I mean, did Mizzou miss some shots that I thought they should have made? Yeah, but I mean, hey, that's college basketball. Um, you know, the ball's not even always going to, you know, fall, and you got to find other ways to win. That's what the South Carolina did. You know, they they found other ways to win. Uh, I think in a, a bright spot for Missouri, I thought Jesus Carolero Martin played his best game of the year, uh, really filled the stat sheet up, and uh, Dennis Gates said that after the game, said he played really well. Um, but, I mean, geez, this was one you needed. This was one you needed, and it's going to sting. Now you got to go – to Alabama, oh, you know, it's just it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one for South Carolina, though. You're you now you got a home game at Georgia, and then an away game at Arkansas, and you just you just snuck one out playing nowhere near your best basketball, nowhere near it. So you got to be feeling good if you're if you're Lamont Paris, uh, with that result and with the the next few games you got coming up. There's there's a lot of opportunity here. So, man. Really, really stings for Missouri and and a lot of optimism here for South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot more to add on this one. I mean, I just think this was another example to me of South Carolina just being able to to find a way to to win a game. Um, you know, they did against Mississippi State. They did it on the road here against Missouri. And, um, yeah, still heading in the right direction if you're the Gamecocks. Get Georgia at home on Tuesday at Arkansas. So <laughs> this week looks – a little bit better, all things considered. Then you get the big game against Kentucky at home, then get another game with Missouri. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, like we said, for Missouri, the Some problem is the schedule. Yeah, and 
Missouri's got to go to Alabama on Tuesday, Florida at A&M at South Carolina. Like we talk about Vanderbilt in danger of what their record yeah. could be. Like yep. Missouri's is also not trending in the right direction. So the alarm is we'll ringing. Yeah, it's not ideal. So, um, yeah, but all right, this next one, I, I don't have a lot to say about this one either because this has just become the trend at this point. Jeez. So <clears throat> Florida 90, Arkansas 68. I mean, <laughs> another example, right, of just what we've been saying with Arkansas. It's – I don't know how it got here. Uh, I know there are a lot of strong opinions on on how it did get here for them. Um, but at this point, it's clear that whatever issues there are are not going to be fixed perhaps anytime soon. Um, and so I – I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, and I, I've seen a lot of, again, differing opinions and we could probably spend so much time on this, but thanks to the, the lack of power of my internet, we won't spend a lot of time on it, but I mean, it's, I, I still am telling you, I don't think this is a talent problem. I've seen some people say that that's the problem is the talent. I, I, no. I just don't see it. No. Um, I, I, I don't think that's it. I'm just no. being honest. Like I don't think it's the talent and I, we can try to use that, I guess, as an excuse, but I just don't think that's the problem here. Um, it's clearly deeper than that. And again, I don't know how it got here, but it did. And usually Musk over the years has figured out the way to push the right buttons. There's still, I guess, theoretically time to do that. But I just don't think this year you can bank on that like you have in previous years, because this is completely different than what we've seen. They're not just losing. They're losing in ways that, just really are nothing like what we've seen from Arkansas, a team that has just, you know, been gritty and all those things over the past several years, like they've stepped up to the the challenge, like, you know, every single time seemingly when they get in those huge games where it feels like their backs against the wall and all that, we've just seen the opposite this year where that's just not happened. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess what else do we say here, Max? I mean, they got just completely obliterated on the boards Florida just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to add. So, I mean, well, real quick, just to add on to your comment about the boards, I mean, I, I mentioned it in the preview, and I'll, I'll mention it again. Bruce Pearl came right out and said, we didn't even have to box them out. We just had to put one body on them, and they were boxed out. There was no resistance on the glass. I mean, you don't need us for the analysis. The coaches are coming right out and saying it. Uh, listen, listen to Moss right after this game. He goes, and I quote, this group does not have the characteristics of teams we've had in the past. That That's it right there. You guys, you know, well, Musk always turns it around. This team's different. He, he's coming out and saying this team is different. There's no grit. There's no toughness. There's none of, there's no that, that Razorback muscleman identity. It's not there. So the, you're looking for answers moving forward. I don't have them. I don't even know who's playing next game. I don't even know who's playing. I didn't even know who was playing in this game. I don't, you you start the game with starters. Who knows who's playing the rest of the game? They're getting yanked five minutes in. So I don't know. I have no clue. I'm, I'm kind of lost on Arkansas right now. But if we want to talk about Florida and credit them with what they did, huge confidence boost for Riley Kugel. Huge confidence boost. It's exactly what he needed after last game. Uh, and Todd Golden came out and said that. He said he said Riley was was phenomenal, especially on ball defending. Um, and then I keep got to mention him. My Mr. Cool, Calm, Collected, Mr. Triple C, Zion Pullen. There's no one more cool, calm, and collected than that man right there. He eight assists, one turnover. I mean, come on. He just is never rushed, never out of his 
never out of his comfort zone. Uh, so I just think that's, you know, if you get, if you get Kugel playing now with, with, with confidence, man, that you could really start seeing this Florida offense, you know, kind of take off. Uh, I thought Alex Condon off the bench was, was, was fantastic. Um, I mean, he's got the highest defensive rebound rate in the SEC through three games. You're bringing that off the bench. So that's, you know, that's a great development moving forward as you, you know, you're going to start playing some of these more physical teams at Tennessee on Tuesday. Um, but I, th- I thought the second half energy and defense was great. You know, that's what Florida's really been struggling with coming out in the second half and, and maintaining that level of play. So, yeah, I mean, I think we finally saw with with Florida. I know Arkansas is a mess right now, but we saw, uh, you know, some positive things moving forward, some momentum going into Tennessee on Tuesday. <laughs> that's going to be a tough one. But, yeah, I'm not going to comment much more on Arkansas because I don't even know. Yeah. Nice bounce back for, for Florida. Again, we knew they, they needed it. Yeah, they did need it. Uh, so this was a nice one, I think, to, again, put them in a position knowing that they still got to now go back on the road again for two more games. So, yeah, a nice one for the Gators uh, to pick up a win here and uh, in impressive fashion over the Hogs. All right, Auburn 93, LSU 78. Um, this one got a little closer than uh, <laughs> no. <probably> Bruce Pearl wanted <laughs> because – and there's also something in the thread. Chris went to eat dinner and it's like I left. Auburn was up 28 and all of a sudden he looks up and you know, whatever it was at that point. Right. So, um, yeah. So pretty, pretty wild sequence where this thing was, I think it was Auburn was up 28 with 1137 left. Then you looked up and it was, what did it get down to max? Get down to nine, I think. When, yeah. Get down to nine with five and yeah. a half to go. So, yeah, a, a quick quick swing there uh, where it went from – what was the run? Was it 20? It was like a 21-2, 21 21 I think. Yeah, 21-2 to two run for um, – With no timeout. Yeah, so it just kept going and going and going. That thing – yeah, it was pretty wild. So, um, yeah, but I guess that's kind of where we are on that is just, you know, kind of seeing with Auburn they do it again, another double-digit win, and um, – you know, just kind of a situation now where you look at, I said, I mean, they just got so many guys, right? I mean, I, you know, I made the comment not long ago about deepest team in the SEC. Like they, they made the deepest team in the country. Like at I this was point. just going to say I mean, that. It just, I think they are. Like, I just don't yeah. think there's a lot of doubt about it at this point. I mean, you see all the guys they're able to bring in and how many different contributions they get in different areas from so many different guys. Like you can look down the stat sheet, right? It's like even a rebound. It's an assist. Here's, here's, here's one for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And nine different guys had an assist in this game, right? And so it's like even stuff as small as that, yep. I think they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They had eight guys had a steal in this game. So it's just you're getting a complete effort from this Auburn team. And I know, you know, the run aside there, just an unbelievable, you know, team right now in the word, in every sense of the word, like team. Like they are just doing so many things well as a unit and, you know, give, give LSU credit for battling back. And, you know, they could have laid down, of course, after the getting down like that, because Auburn was just dominating them. But LSU came back, made a run, you know, got a couple different guys stepping up, maybe a little momentum for guys that a little confidence for some guys that have struggled a little bit, but still, man, it's all about Auburn. And here they are again, doing it uh, with another dominant performance. I love this team. I love this Auburn team. I, and I'm 
for all the futures that I placed, I love I love placing just like five bucks on a future just so I have a bunch of teams to root for. I am kicking myself for not taking Auburn back in like June, July because this team's incredible. Bruce Pearl comes out in the post game and says, I think there's 16 teams better than more than 16 teams better than us. I think we're ranked too high. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you guys are like, are you kidding me? So just the fact that Bruce Pearl thinks they have so much more left in the tank is I'm like, oh my gosh, how much better can you get? 16 steals, 16 steals for Auburn. That's the most they've had since pre-COVID. This is like four years now. This is the most steals they've had in, in SEC play. Um, Baker Mazzara has his career high in steals, six steals. Previous career high was three, doubles it up. Uh, he's playing incredible. Um and then how about Denver Jones and his defense? It's not getting enough credit. He holds Jalen Cook to zero assists and five turnovers. Look at what he did to Wade Taylor the previous game. So Denver Jones, he's maybe not getting enough shots, but geez, his on-ball defense has been incredible. And I'm yeah. glad you wrote you wrote down the bench because I have right here in my notes, I have best bench in the nation. I mean, you bring in Dylan Cardwell off the bench – and he's one of the best defensive bigs in the conference off the bench. Um, I mean, I know it was, I know it's at Neville, you know, so they, they got the whole, I mean, that atmosphere was just insane. They get everyone behind them and it just, you know, the momentum just starts snowballing, you know, against these other teams. But I mean, when you're talking about teams that can win multiple ways and, you know, can win when the shots aren't falling, can win when the other teams you know, goes on a run, 21 to two run, you know, stuff like this. Like, I mean, look at the next two games for Auburn. They're at Vandy and then they get Ole Miss at home. It's like, when is this team going to lose? Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't say enough good about Auburn looking from, from LSU. I mean, geez, you ran into a buzzsaw. I don't, I don't know how many teams could have gone into Neville and, and come out of there with a win. Uh, they've got a little bit of a favorable schedule coming up here for LSU in, in terms of they get two straight home games. So, you know, could could build on that. But I think the story here is just how dominant Auburn is. You've won every game by double digits. I mean, geez. <laughs> well, and then there were two, the Auburn Tigers and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'll let that I tip, I tip my cap to you, Blake. Alabama 82, Mississippi State 74. As I said in the group chat, I love it when a plan comes together because we guarantee the Alabama win. And whenever you two uh, schlubs over there picked Mississippi <laughs> State, I said, here we go. I said, we're we're about to do this right now. We're about to guarantee the Alabama victory. And we did to continue my point that I think Alabama can win the SEC this year. Um, in all seriousness, I mean, this was. I told you I was as, as intrigued for this game as I was, you know, all the others just based oh, yeah. on. It really was. It was seeing how this game would play out from a stylistic standpoint, seeing how Alabama would play on the road in a tough environment here. You know, because again, we we mentioned it. Chris talked about, you know, it didn't play well at Vanderbilt. Of course, I listed all the reasons why I thought that was. Um, but you know, this was kind of that that game where I think you could really learn a lot more. Because in all honesty, this is the first game away from home this year that Alabama has really found, like they found a way to put it together down the stretch to win the game. Because uh, we talked about it, like right, like Purdue, Creighton, Arizona. Um, and so, yeah, like this was, I, I just don't think you can discount how huge of a win this was for, for Alabama based on that. Um, you know, because the next road game is going to be at Tennessee next week. Uh, and so, but, but still like, 
mean, I keep going back to it. It's just like, man, Mark Sears, it just felt like, but it wasn't just Mark Sears. Rylan Griffin made some big plays. Um, you know, he had 17 in this game. Uh, right cell scores 19 in this one. Um, and so you just kind of look at it from that standpoint. I keep saying it, it's like, I could I watch this game? It felt like Alabama played their absolute best from start to finish. Probably there are a couple of points in there where maybe you don't say that didn't start well. Mississippi State got off to a good start and all that. But at a certain point, like I said, I just think Alabama's just going to find ways to outscore teams, even if they're not perfect in every single area. Although offensively, you could look here and say, aside from the turnovers, um, you know, 22 of 26 from the line, 10 of 28 from three, 15 of 30 from two. So very efficient in every area. Um and again, that's just, I think their scoring ability, it's it's hard for teams to keep up that same kind of scoring. Now, obviously, did they get a little help here? Yes, because Mississippi State could not buy a free throw. They could have spent all the NIL money in the world, but they were not going to be able to buy a free throw on this night because they went 15 to 27. But I think the bigger issue, Max, was that it felt like, I know this isn't the case, but it felt like most of those 12 misses came like in the final four minutes. Uh, I don't know that it felt like they had a free throw. Um, So yeah, just the wrong time to start, you know, missing free throws and key moments. That's kind of the story here for Mississippi state because they had their opportunities. Um, But yeah, man, this is a, a huge win for Alabama. And once again, here they are the, the defending champions. Um, They're three and O to start league play. Yeah, I had a nightmare last night, actually, that Mississippi State was down by two and they missed four straight free throws. No, that happened. That happened. That happened. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah, just nightmare. Nightmare for, for Mississippi State there. But you got to credit uh, you got to credit Alabama. I, I thought uh, Grant Nelson played his best, best defensive game of the season. Um did Tolu Smith miss a few bunnies that he normally makes? Maybe, but also Grant Nelson's length really was bothering him. He had a mul- multiple blocks. Um, I thought Nelson just really held his own, especially with Pringle just racking up fouls. Um, speaking of fouls, Cam Matthews foul trouble again. You know, this has been a recurring theme here for Mississippi State. And while were they questionable, were they not questionable? It, it was a physical game. Fouls are going to get called. Uh, and, and Chris Jan said in the post game, he said, we, me, and, me and Cam have been working on this a lot. We've talked a lot about the fouls. And it, it's just still, a, it still you know, hinders them in, in big games. So I'd, I'd like to see Matthews. Um, I love his defense. I love his aggressiveness. But you, you, your team needs you on the floor in these games, you know. So that was a big storyline. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned him. Latrell Wrightsell unreal i thought he was like the main reason why alabama won this game he's made 17 threes in the past five games off the bench shooting 45 percent on the season he doesn't quite have the shot fake like serge Abari rice but last year's texas team could bring a 45 percent three-point shooter in off the bench and it's just like geez that is it's so valuable so yeah right cell is just really coming on strong i thought he played his best game um, Wrightsell actually said after the game, he said all that early season adversity, those, those three tough games, he said that really helped us a lot in this game. You know, just knowing that we've been there and comfortable in that situation. thought the rebounding effort for Alabama was, was great. Um, but man, if you're, if you're looking at that from a Mississippi state perspective, you just, you, 
you feel sick to your stomach because of those free throws where, you know, you, you have a chance to, to take down one of the SEC's top teams. Uh, the hump was, you know, the atmosphere was great. But I feel like this is kind of a recurring theme here with some of these close games. I like both teams moving forward. I Alabama, you know, like you, you've been all over it, Blake. I got to give you credit. You've been all over this team. They're going to outscore teams. I mean, I thought they could have even – I thought they missed some shots. I uh, thought they missed some bunnies around the rim here. So I, I feel great about Alabama. But on the flip side, if you look at it from Mississippi State, I mean, you make a few free throws, you win this game. So, I mean – I think these are two good teams going forward. I'm not I'm not worried about Mississippi State at all and just a great win for Alabama moving forward. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this was a huge one because we just saw Tennessee go in there and lose. And so this was um, a big opportunity for the Crimson Tide. They take advantage and big one on Saturday. Said, yeah, I mean, well, they, they need to beat Missouri on Tuesday. And like we said, Auburn goes to Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm, I'm getting to the iron ball of basketball. I'm going beyond the Alabama and Tennessee game. I'm just giving Ooh. those fans a chance to look at that one. Uh, that is January 24th. So not that far away, but if you want to, you know, try to figure out if these two teams will be undefeated to get there. Auburn goes to Vanderbilt hosts Ole Miss, which I think is a better setup than Alabama's going to have because they host Missouri and then go to Tennessee, which will be a tough one uh, there to beat the falls. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, Again, I just I think Alabama's offensive skill is just going to show up in some of these games, and they're just more polished offensively than a lot of teams are in the SEC, and so uh, that may wind up being the difference. But they are three and zero for now, and so are the Auburn Tigers, the lone unbeaten's remaining. Uh, and we'll see what happens from here, Max. It's going to be interesting, just based on how this Saturday slate unfolded, and um, you know, start to see teams going beyond even the top teams start to figure out if some of these teams can, you know, build resumes. Like we said, uh, South Carolina and Ole Miss teams like that. Can they start to kind of build those NCAA tournament resumes and really put themselves in position? And can A&M, you know, kind of start to fight their way back now for after the Kentucky game, can Mississippi state who's, you know, one and two now they got the tendency win. Can they kind of keep building things in the right direction? Same with Florida, right? So it's very interesting setup here. Very interesting, and I just want to say I cannot wait until next Saturday again because I don't know about you guys, but I love waking up and knowing I'm just about to watch like 10 straight hours of SEC basketball. I mean, you could you could tell me Margot Robbie is outside waiting to take you on a date, and I'm like, nope, there is SEC basketball on. It's Saturday. I'm putting my heart and soul into this game. Ah. We're we're in the thick of it, and I I'm fired up. I love it. I love it. Or it may be Chris Lee waiting outside to to take you because remember he him and Auburn. I mean, at this point, you know, it's like <laughs> no. Um, we have fun with that. I don't remember if that was the mailbag or one of the shows we did a couple days yeah, ago, but who knows? Uh, yeah. Anyways, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, as always, we appreciate you guys watching here uh, on Southeastern 14. And remember, any podcast app you use, you can also find us there if you want to listen. Uh, on podcasts and uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button, hit the like button as well. That always helps us. Like I said, I apologize. My internet went a little bit in and out throughout this. I was kind of monitoring it. It probably did, but Hey, we are dedicated. And if we have to, to be choppy to give you the show, we're going to do it. So um, again, we appreciate you guys watching as always, and we'll talk to you in here soon at Southeastern 14.